hey, what is up? And welcome to my review of Rainbow Six Extraction. For a written version of this review, head over to SeasonGaming.com. Special thanks to SeasonGaming.com for providing me with the opportunity to do this review and to Ubisoft for providing us with early access to the game to make this possible. I really hope you enjoy this review. I would really appreciate any and all feedback because this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. But without further ado, let's talk about Rainbow Six Extraction. A long, long time ago, there was an often forgotten period of time where Xbox Live was still in its infancy and Halo 2 had yet to release. A period of time where online console gaming was approaching mass adaptation, but there was not yet a big green Mjolnir-clad Sherpa to show us which way we should be directing our time. Communities were being formed across many different games, and friends lists were growing exponentially as each OptiMatch session came to an end. However, just because there was no single landmark title, to govern this new online world did not mean there was no ruler during these lawless times. For there was one long forgotten king, and that king was Ubisoft. The French-Canadian juggernaut was all in on multiplayer gaming during these times and offered standout experiences like the original Ghost Recon, Splinter Cell, Pandora Tomorrow, and of course the immensely popular Rainbow Six 3. While there were other popular online first-person shooters before Halo, like Unreal Championship and Return to Castle Wolfenstein, it was Rainbow Six 3's strong emphasis on three major design pillars that allowed it to separate itself from the competition. Those pillars being tactics, teamwork, and tension. After the success of Rainbow Six 3, Ubisoft spent the next decade or so trying to change the formula several times in various ways with varying degrees of success, until everything came to a crashing halt with the announcement and soon after cancellation of the ill-fated Rainbow Six Patriots. However, out of what was arguably the biggest low point for the series came its biggest success, Rainbow Six Siege. Siege launched seven years ago, and although it released to a somewhat lukewarm response due to the lack of content, the game has grown into one of the best and most complete multiplayer experiences you can find anywhere, and is now one of the most played games Ubisoft has ever produced, consistently atop both Steam charts as well as charts on consoles. This turnaround is based in part by the team always having an ear to the community, being quick to address balance problems, and consistently adding content to the game. However, more importantly, it's because Ubisoft Montreal took an introspective look at to what made the series popular in the first place, and with a laser focus honed in on those three T's. Tactics, teamwork, and tension. Putting those back at the center of every design decision going forward. In fact, it's due to Rainbow Six Siege's immense success that we are here today to talk about Rainbow Six Extraction, the newest game in the Rainbow Six family. After originating as an extremely popular event within Siege called Outbreak, where players took a break from killing each other to team up with friends and fend off swarms of infected, Rainbow Six Extraction positions itself as a standalone experience aiming to greatly expand on what Outbreak offered as well as to better align itself with the core pillars of Rainbow Six Siege. 
You see, while Outbreak was fun, it could often devolve into Left 4 Dead territory where the tension is lessened because the stakes are lowered and those large hordes would often invoke your inner Starship Trooper instead of your inner Tom Clancy, if you know what I mean. On paper, expanding the Outbreak mode to better align with the Pillars of Siege is a decision that makes sense, as it was focusing on those fundamentals that brought Siege the success it currently has in the first place. However, in reality, it's not an easy task. The teamwork, and to a lesser extent, the tactics may translate, sure, but most of Siege's tension comes from the fact that you are facing off against human players whose tactics can't often be predicted and whose attacks can come from anywhere. Above and beyond the translation of Siege's framework, Ubisoft also needed to find a way to justify the existence of this game as a standalone product and more importantly, justify the price, considering Outbreak originated as a free mode that appeared as part of an in-game event. In fact, I actually took to the Rainbow Six subreddit as well as pulled several people in random siege lobbies leading up to this review, and a large portion of the players were actually somewhat miffed that this was both separated from siege and was not free. On top of that, there was a last-minute price drop and an inclusion with Xbox Game Pass that has led many to question the value proposition of Rainbow Six Extraction. It is safe to say that Ubisoft has a lot to prove here with Extraction, so let's dive in and see if they were able to deliver. During the Outbreak event, a Russian spaceship carrying an alien parasite named Chimera crash-landed in the city of Truth and Consequences, New Mexico. An epidemic was triggered and the team at Rainbow was sent in to clean up the mess and deal with the alien threat. The near cataclysmic event was one that the powers at B was not quite prepared for, and it was due to this that the idea to form a new entity charged with handling all future extraterrestrial threats came to be. Rainbow Exogenous Analysis and Containment Team, codenamed REACT, was formed with a mandate to contain and assess exogenous threats to Earth and also to study them in the name of science. Unfortunately, shortly after the formation of REACT, it became clear that the events at Truth and Consequences was not an isolated event, as outbreaks began to pop up in San Francisco, New York, and Alaska. REACT was sent in to set up containment zones, and it's your job as a rainbow operator to contain the outbreak and to gather information on our new enemy. Enemy, the Archeans, so we can better understand how to combat this threat. You may be asking yourself how this fits into the evolved version of the Tom Clancy universe that Ubisoft has curated over the last several decades, and the answer is kind of hard to come up with. However, while alien parasites don't seem to fit in with the modern military themes of the game's past, Everything else is actually very on brand. The situation at hand is outerworldly, yes, but how the game's protagonists react, pun intended, to the situation is very on brand. The weapons, gear, maps, jargon, all that stuff align with what you would expect from a Tom Clancy game. In fact, tonally and aesthetically, the game world really feels like it was ripped straight out of the division, as the maps are cluttered with tons of detail and environmental storytelling, even including a bunch of interactable objects that will cue mini audio logs and a few pre-rendered cutscenes sprinkled about to help flesh out the world. While I do appreciate what's there, and I understand that they likely didn't want to overwhelm people who are just showing up to shoot aliens with too much story, I do kind of wish there was a little bit more. 
It is something they alluded to adding more of as time goes on, but I felt really invested in what they did show and I just kind of wanted to see some more of it. The game also features a codex that is filled to the rim with tons of detail and lore for this extension of the Rainbow Six universe. It's there for people who want to seek it out and it also doesn't get in the way of the drop-in nature of this multiplayer PvE shooter. So while I doubt you could draw any comparisons to an actual novel written by Tom Clancy, I think it does actually fit. Kind of. In Extraction, you play as one of 18 Team Rainbow operators plucked straight out of Rainbow Six Siege, who have all joined React to help with the Archean threat, and you must go on incursions within the regions of San Francisco, New York, Alaska, and New Mexico to complete objectives either alone or with a squad of up to three members. Each zone has three hot zones, which are broken into three additional sub-zones that are each approximately three times or more the size of a typical Rainbow Six Siege map. Ubisoft has said they wanted each region to feel like a unique biome, and I think that they did just that. Each hot zone and their respective sub-zones all have unique layouts and have interesting landmarks, so the experience of hopping between maps does add a good amount of variety, which is really, really cool to see. I will say, though, that one major departure from Siege in terms of map designs is that the layout of these maps is significantly more horizontal, so you won't be spending as much time repelling up the side of buildings in Extraction, sadly. Once you choose a hot zone that you want to go on an incursion in, the game will randomly assign three objectives for each of the subzones you will be venturing through. These objectives can be combat heavy, like eliminating an elite target or destroying an Archean landmark, or more stealth heavy, like rescuing a VIP or placing tracking nodes on Archean nests. If you are brave enough though, they could even include traveling through a singularity gateway and going mono e mono with the game's boss character, the Proteans. Each time you complete an objective, you are given a choice to extract and get out of there with the XP you've gained so far, or enter the containment zone and travel to the next area to attempt to complete the next objective for even more rewards, with the catch that the difficulty raises with each consecutive objective you complete. On top of that, the game does offer four difficulty levels, which range from having only a few low-level Archeans all the way up to venturing into full Archean ecosystems with additional mission modifiers that add further level of difficulties beyond simply adding more enemies. What makes this even greater is that increasing the difficulty does not simply just increase the enemy's health or damage like in most games. Instead, it increases their numbers and their tactics. What difficulty you choose at the start of an incursion and how far you're willing to go end up being very crucial decisions because you definitely do not want to die within a containment zone. That's something that we'll talk about a little bit more later on. First, let's talk about the Archeans. There are four tiers of Archeans that range from rank and file grunts that you can easily defeat with a headshot all the way up to hulking berserkers that could just as easily end your entire run. When I first saw the Archeans in screenshots, I admit I was a little worried that they looked a little samey considering they all share a color palette and a similar texture. But that is more than made up for by their distinct gameplay characteristics and how they are animated during gameplay. After encountering them all, I can very easily tell them apart, so that worry ended up being a non-factor. Then there are the Proteans. Just like React have been studying the Archeans, the Archeans have been studying human beings as well. The Proteans are mature Archean lifeforms that only appear in the game's higher difficulty levels 
taking the shape of rainbow operators, proteans are able to deploy enhanced versions of Team Rainbow's abilities, as well as some of the abilities used by their Archean siblings. They are also encased in a hardened Archean carapace, likely in a way to explain how much health they have. <laughs> and act as the boss encounters with a destiny-like health bar that you have to whittle down by dumping tons of rounds into. These are some of the coolest combat encounters in the entire game, as the Proteans are incredibly strong and dangerous, requiring a lot of serious strategy to take down. Overall, the dynamic nature of the objectives within Rainbow Six Extraction's Hot Zones make every incursion play out differently. The enemies are very satisfying to fight, popping a headshot and a grunt, breaking open a nest, or blowing up a breacher which sets off a chain reaction of exploding aliens are some things that never get old. Also, at higher difficulty levels, the Archeans are very intimidating. In fact, playing this game in early access before the servers were fully live, I was forced to do a lot of solo incursions, and anytime I played on anything higher than the easiest mode, it legitimately felt like I was playing a horror game due to the intimidating nature of the enemies, the isolation, and the game's very good ambiance and sound design. We talked about the maps, the objectives, and the enemies. Now let's take a look at who you will be stepping in the shoes of. Well, Extraction is very much its own standalone experience. It still exists in the same universe as Rainbow Six Siege, and as such, it has borrowed 18 of the operators from Siege's roster to fill out its ranks. Ubisoft has said they wanted to include popular Siege operators they thought would fit the mechanics of Extraction, like fan-favorite Breachers, Hibana, and Sledge. However, they also said that they wanted to use Extraction as an opportunity to give operators who perhaps are not played as much a chance at redemption, like Capital and Tachanka. Similar to Siege, each operator fills a role, and filling these roles becomes a very essential part of your strategy when playing at higher levels. When you start your journey in Extraction, you will have immediate access to 9 operators. You can unlock the remaining 9 operators by progressing through the game. This is a big change from Siege where you are required to grind out an in-game currency or pay real money to unlock the game's many operators. Another thing that is interesting about these characters making the jump from Siege to Extraction is that they are no longer tied down by Siege's strict and necessary game balance. Each operator comes with a unique personal gadget or ability that is designed to give them or their team a tactical advantage. In Siege, these abilities are meticulously balanced to not disrupt the overall PvP balance. However, in Extraction, no such barrier exists as you have the ability to level up each operator to improve further how they perform in-game and expand their capabilities far beyond what they are capable of in Siege. For example, in Siege, Vigil can become invisible to security cameras, making him able to sneak past prying eyes. In Extraction though, Vigil can become completely invisible to all enemies and once leveled up can provide that same invisibility to his nearby teammates. Originally in Siege, Tachanka was able to place a mounted LMG down and he or his teammates could use that to secure a hallway or line of sight. Once leveled in Extraction though, he can actually place two LMGs down to make mincemeat of any Archeans that walk into that line of sight. Each operator also has access to a unique set of weapons to choose from that play into their intended roles to an extent. All of these are unlocked through the normal character progression, so you will have an opportunity to mold your operator into how you enjoy playing or to the strategy that you wish to employ. 
These weapons are further customized via the mod system, which functions nearly identically to Siege, with multiple muzzles, sights, and of course, skins. The non-cosmetic modifications are all unlocked through normal progression, and even some of the cosmetic ones are free as well. In addition to the unique traits for each operator, there is also universal tactical gadgets at your disposal. These are again unlocked through progressing through the game only and range from the standard affair of grenades, flashbangs and claymores to the more advanced arc mine scan grenades and self revive kits. All in all, there are a lot of options in terms of who you will play as and what they bring to the table. Those familiar with Siege will surely be interested in seeing what some of their favorite characters from that game can feel like when the restrictions of maintaining PvP balance is lifted, and those new to the series will finally get a chance to check out many of the awesome characters from one of the world's most popular multiplayer games without having to grind out in-game currency or pay a premium price to unlock them. On top of that, the variety of options are there to experiment with different builds, team compositions, and strategy. I spoke earlier about how the key to this game was going to be finding a way to translate the three pillars of Siege's PvP experience into a PvE one, and thankfully I think they nailed it. First, let's get into the high level stuff, get that out of the way. I talked about the operators, they are at worst the same, at best improved in terms of what they offer, but what about how they feel? The term gunplay is thrown around a lot to determine how good a shooter feels to play, and I myself have publicly anointed games like Destiny, Halo, Apex Legends, etc. as having the best gunplay in the business, which I still stand by to this day. However, those awards are given because of how the shooting and movement come together as one. When we narrow it down and we're talking specifically just about the act of shooting a gun and hitting a target in a video game, there is no competitor to Rainbow Six Siege, and those awesome mechanics are ported over completely to Extraction. In terms of performance, the game runs very similar to Rainbow Six Siege, albeit with some improvements. The level of detail in the maps is a major improvement from Siege with a division-like level of clutter and various details, providing a visual treat alongside some environmental storytelling. I spent all of my time on the Xbox Series X version and had the option of a 1080p high frame rate performance mode or a 4K 60fps resolution mode. I personally opted for the resolution mode as for me the game's slower pace and less reliance on movement didn't benefit as greatly from the frame rates increasing beyond 60 frames per second. In my 20 or so hours with the game I experienced only one minor visual glitch and no server or disconnect issues, although that could change when the game is fully live. But what about the three T's? I mentioned the words teamwork, tactics, tension about 50 times in the intro. I talked about how that's what makes Seed special and how translating that from a PvP environment to a PvE one is the most important mission Ubisoft had to complete with this game. And I think you've waited long enough for me to elaborate further. Let's talk about tactics. So. A major comparison this game has gotten before launch is that of a Left 4 Dead clone. That comparison alone was my biggest fear for this game before I actually sat down and played it. In Left 4 Dead, you do employ tactics to a certain degree, but when more often than not your objective is only to get from point A to point B, those tactics often get thrown out the window as you run to the finish line shooting hundreds of undead along the way. In Extraction, on any difficulty but the easiest one, Doing this will surely get you killed. Extraction opts to go for a smaller number of more diverse and deadly enemies over the large hordes that Left 4 Dead brings. These enemies will come at you in different ways and require different techniques to deal with effectively. 
On top of that, every unique objective requires different tactics to complete, and every operator, weapon type, and gadget serves a purpose that will play into those tactics you devise. This is a game about knowing your objectives, putting together a plan you think will give you a fighting chance, and then being able to improvise when that plan goes to shit. Teamwork is perhaps the most obvious thing that carries over from Siege, unless you're playing solo, as you are going to be part of a team of three operators. What is an interesting decision, though, was the choice to limit the squad size from three versus the standard five-player teams that you find in Siege. Ubisoft has stated that after testing various builds of the game, they found that with more than three players, the communication lines broke down too much, and given how important communication was in Extraction, having three operators was what was best for the game. While smaller team sizes can turn off people with larger friend groups, I can confirm that the nature of this game leads you to sticking with your team a lot more than Siege, where you will often attack from different sides of the map. And with the close quarters nature of a lot of the environments, I think more than just the lines of communication would become congested if there was more than three players. Teamwork also becomes vital as each operator only has one unique gadget each. They have a somewhat specific skill set that is often most effective when paired with another operator's skill set. For example, the protein bosses are very strong and tough, but they're also very fast and agile. So while setting up a Tachanka turret will dish out a lot of pain, it will only be a matter of seconds before that sledge protein is smashing Tachanka into the ground with his alien sledgehammer. Because Tachanka has to be stationary in order to operate that mounted LMG. However, if Ella throws a Gersmot grenade and stuns the boss, now that DPS window for that mounted LMG just got a lot bigger. Tension. This is perhaps the most important pillar when it comes to extraction, and it is the one that they completely nailed the most. Of course, the atmosphere is there and it's creepy. Of course, the enemies are powerful and deadly, and thanks to the destruction engine brought over from Siege, they can come from literally anywhere. In fact, the designers have stated that they meticulously built each subzone in such a way that any choke points are few and far between so that you will always be on your toes. Those things all add to the tension you feel while playing, but it's not what sets this game apart. In life, there is one thing that builds tension more than anything else. It's the reason why shooting a free throw at a park and shooting one in the fourth quarter of a championship game are not the same thing. And that is because of stakes. When you have something at stake, it's what builds that pit in your stomach and makes your heart race. In a battle royale, as the number of players dwindle, it is the time investment and the proximity to victory that is at stake. In Siege, it's your rank and the fact that in the next 30 seconds, at any point in time, an enemy could pop their head through any surface and end up winning the game. So what is at stake in Rainbow Six Extraction? Well, it's everything you've spent time working towards. Remember earlier when I said you absolutely do not want to die inside of an incursion? Well, that's because when you die, you don't just respawn and try again, or simply just lose whatever XP you had gained on that run. Every operator in Rainbow Six Extraction comes equipped with a medical device that dispenses a prophylactic serum when they become incapacitated, covering them in a foam-like substance and placing them into a stasis. In my opinion, they kind of look like human-sized chicken nuggets when this happens, but that's just me. The Archeans take this in-stasis operator deep inside the zone and will over time attempt to breach the protective layer and do God knows what to them. While this is happening, 
that operator is considered missing in action. They not only forfeit all XP they gained in that incursion, but they are also no longer able to be played and will also take XP away from your overall progression, depending on the level of the operator that was missing in action. If your operator is a high enough level, this can result in you losing one or more levels of progression. At this point, you have two options. Continue playing without them, and the game will eventually give you access back to them, but you will forever lose that progression. Or you can take a different approach. You can choose a different operator, head back into that same hot zone, and attempt a rescue mission. This involves you finding where they are being imprisoned, pulling them from the Archean clutches, and physically dragging their chicken nugget-like body to a safety pod for evac. It's one of the coolest objectives in the game. This adds so much tension to each game, as that operator could be your highest leveled character as you attempt a high level mission, or could be a key component to the strategy you're trying to pull off. And one wrong move could end up forcing you to go on an impromptu rescue mission, or risk losing valuable progression and the use of your favorite operator. It changes the way you approach the game and the strategies you choose to do, and that only gets amplified further as the difficulty increases. At the same time though, it's not so devastating a loss as is typical with roguelikes where you lose everything and have to start from scratch. It's kind of a really nice balance. There's nothing like tension in video games, and when it's a shared feeling among friends in a co-op environment, it leads to a very, very cool gameplay experience, at least for me. Progression a game development puzzle that has been known to stump even the industry's best development teams. It has grown over the years to be one of, if not the most, crucial elements of any multiplayer game. You can have the best gameplay in the world, but if your progression systems and rewards are lacking, it's going to leave a serious black mark on the title and a lot of upset players. If you want proof of this, then look no further than Season Gaming's Game of the Year for 2021, Halo Infinite. A game that has pretty much a perfect recapturing of Halo's lightning in a bottle gameplay, yet still to this day has a swarm of negativity surrounding its progression systems to the point where it's echoing louder in some places than the praise the rest of the game truly deserves. So how does Extraction stack up? Well, at its launch, I believe Extraction possibly has the very best progression system of any game in its genre. The systems are both generous in their rewards giving a meaningful advancement for the time you put in without sacrificing gameplay. And it's also interwoven with each other in such a fantastic and cohesive way where you always feel like you're progressing. So let's break it down. At a baseline, you have your overall progression, which takes XP you gain from completing objectives within an incursion, as well as challenges you may complete within a specific region that your incursion took place in and unlocks new maps, modes, operators, gadgets, lore pages in the codex, and various free cosmetics. This is what will derank if you have an operator go MIA inside of an incursion. The progression path feels kind of in nature like a battle pass, although it doesn't cost anything and therefore is not plagued by the filler levels that are common in most battle passes. You're not going to unlock XP boosts or challenge swaps. You're only going to unlock meaningful content. While inside of an incursion, everything you do is granting your operator XP. The better you perform, the more you gain. For instance, stealthily taking down a high value unit will get you more XP than just simply filling it with lead. Or scanning an enemy through a wall with your gun mounted react light and then shooting its weak point through said wall 
will grant you more XP than simply just shooting it on site. Each individual operator has a level track as well that grants new rewards at every level between 1 and 10, such as new guns, upgrades to your abilities, and free cosmetics. Each region, San Francisco, New York, Alaska, and New Mexico, also has its own reward track that you progress by completing challenges inside of each region. These challenges, called studies, require you to do various things inside an incursion and will off- and will and will not often force you to play in ways that are a detriment to your mission, something that also plagues a lot of games that have challenge-based rewards. Studies are handed out in sets of three, and upon completing all three will unlock rewards such as cosmetics, lore entries, and big chunks of XP. Chunks that are added to your overall progression path, which again adds to your operator's capabilities as well as unlocking more opportunities for them to gain and complete even more challenges, which in turn will help you unlock even more things and so on and so forth. The circle continues. Each system is interwoven and every incursion you successfully extract from makes you truly feel like you have made progress in the overall game, which is the exact feeling that I personally am looking for in a modern day multiplayer game. The end game of Rainbow Six Extraction is a three-pronged attack. First, you have assignments. These are very similar in concept to a Nightfall Strike in Destiny or a challenge mission in The Division, where they take a specific location that you would have played through in any other core mode. However, the difficulty is set to critical, which is the hardest available difficulty in the game, and new modes are enabled that rotate on a weekly basis. These modes will actually make pretty big changes to the battlefield. In the review phase, the mode we had access to was called Wall to Wall, where the enemy density is cranked up and every escape airlock is locked down, requiring someone to travel to the opposite side of the map and find a security override to open it. Another available mode is called Veteran Mode, where friendly fire is enabled and your HUD is disabled. Also, reloading results in a mag dump, so you have to be a lot more thoughtful about every bullet that you shoot. These modes add a lot of unique consequences that really set assignments apart from the base mode. Next up, there are crisis events. These will be limited timed events that will offer new themed modes and act as a delivery device for new content coming into the game. The content includes new operators, new protein bosses, new gadgets, and new lore to further the storyline. The first crisis event called Spillover has been revealed and a new operator, Zofia, and a gadget, the auto turret, and a new horde-like mode were teased. It remains to be seen how often these free events will happen, but the content that comes with them seems to be quite substantial. Who knows, maybe a future Rainbow Six Extraction Crisis event will result in an idea so good that it deserves its own spin-off game. Finally, there is Maelstrom Protocol. This is the most hardcore mode in the game and is designed to be the main thing that you build towards as you progress through the core game. Maelstrom is an end-game gauntlet that is designed for max-level operators. Although it's not a requirement, just the difficulty is tuned that way. Each week, there will be a specific region that is selected, and you will have to build out your squad from a pre-selected group of operators that is also on a weekly rotation. When you drop into a region, you'll be faced with nine objectives and maps to complete instead of the traditional three. Each objective will take place on a subzone that has its own unique mutation, changing after each airlock. Every three objectives, the difficulty ramps up, the per round time limit gets shorter, and the amount of available resources you can scavenge gets smaller. Aside from being really, really difficult, 
Maelstrom also differs from the core experience in a major way due to the fact that every weekly map objective and map mutation is predetermined. This means that there's no randomization, so if you were to fail, you can learn from your mistakes and come up with a better strategy with your team or with the community to make more progress on your next attempt. On the flip side though, since the objectives are set in stone, that means that going MIA in a Maelstrom mission means you will need to venture back into the core game mode to rescue that operator, making it an even more tense experience. While there is a ton of XP to be gained from Maelstrom, you can also gain React Credits, which is the game's paid currency for use in the cash shop. The cash shop at launch is full of some pretty wild stuff given that the game is PvE only, the team can be very creative with the cosmetics without worrying how it would impact PvP balance. So those credits will be worth chasing. However, the real carrot on the stick is the Maelstrom ranking system, which will place you in a ranked league based on your performance and reward you with league specific cosmetics to show off. Which brings us to one of the more questionable decisions within the game. You receive cosmetic headgear as a reward for landing in a specific ranked league, and it is an extremely awesome and visual way to show off your accomplishments in the game, but the cosmetics you receive for doing so only last for the season that you earned them in and are then removed. It seems like kind of an unwise decision to take anything away from the player, especially something as visual and difficult to earn as, say, achieving diamond rank in Maelstrom. That more or less makes up the endgame gameplay loop on paper. You see, the most difficult thing about the endgame in the review process was that I could not really experience it. The play sessions I did take part in were early on and kind of brief, with other reviewers who did not really meet the requirements to get into those missions. Their operators just were too low level. And these endgame modes are definitely not something that would be a great experience playing solo. However, I am impressed with what they have shown off, and based on how much I feel they nailed the rest of the game, I am willing to give them the benefit of the doubt here. I will be diving deeper into the endgame as soon as the servers go up to the general public, and if there's anything there that changes how I feel about it, I will make sure to update this review and score as soon as possible to reflect that. The endgame has a lot of variety, it will be kept fresh by weekly rotations, and is rewarding. The rewards are also spread out well, with some of the more lucrative React credit rewards being obtainable even when finishing in Bronze League, and with the highest level rewards being cosmetic only, there's incentive for both casual and hardcore players alike to jump into Maelstrom. Rainbow Six Extraction was a tall order for Ubisoft Montreal, and was likely a development cycle filled with second guesses and internal debates. Being pitched as a paid expansion on something that was previously free means that you're going to have to work even harder to justify the game and its retail price. In addition to that, setting the game in a universe that is completely dominated by large community of PvP players sets you on an uphill battle needing to convince them that they can get a similar worthwhile siege experience in a PvE setting. There are a lot of preconceived notions and expectations surrounding extraction and to be honest, I think the game somewhat had the deck stacked against it since its announcement. All of this is why I'm so happy to report that not only does Rainbow Six Extraction justify the price tag, but it is a near perfect translation of the Rainbow Six Siege PvP formula of tactics, teamwork, and tension into a PvE setting. 
The mix of pristine shooting mechanics and near-future military gadgetry shines in front of the new obstacles the Archeans provide. The mission variety, both in terms of aesthetics and gameplay, are varied enough to keep things interesting, and the albeit light sprinkle of narrative ties everything together nicely. Finally, its well-thought-out progression paths that are interwoven with each other means you always feel like you're making progress as you play, which is a feeling many people, myself included, seek in games like this. As far as price is concerned, there is quite a bit of fun to be had within this new budget price, with the endgame modes and future free content updates having the potential to give this game some serious legs. There is also the included value of having all of the operators in Extraction being unlocked for free in Siege, as long as you have played both titles. Players who, On top of that, players who pick up Extraction are also given two 14-day buddy passes to make sure that they can find some people to play with who may not yet be convinced that this is a worthwhile experience. So I do think it's worth the asking price. Rainbow Six Extraction succeeds as a tense, tactical, team-based PvE shooter that now rests at the top of the genre and is positioned as a platform that could fit nicely alongside Rainbow Six Siege for years to come.